Hilchas Nachlas, the laws of inheritance, chapter 3. This chapter contains nine halachas dealing with special cases of the double share in an inheritance that's taken by the firstborn. And at the end of the chapter, it deals with the case of someone who performed a yibum, that is, he married his deceased brother's wife, and he takes a share in his father's inheritance because of his dead brother. The, begin, the halacha begins, Halacha Aleph, Ein ha-bechor noitl pishnayim banechosim haruyim lovayach lacha misas oviv. A bechor, a firstborn, does not take a double share in any property which his father had not had possession of when he died, but it was property that was to come to the father later, and it actually came to the father's estate after the father had died. Ela banechosim ha-mochzokim lo-oviv shabau the Bechor only receives a double share in property of his father that had actually come into his father's possession while his father was alive. Shenemar, because the Torah specifies in Kitetzei, The Bechor shall take a double share in everything that shall be in his possession. That is, it must actually be in the father's possession before the father dies in order for the Bechor to have a double share. Ketzad, for example... If someone from whom the father stood to inherit died, and this person from whom the father stood to inherit died after the father was already dead, so that the father's estate received this property as an inheritance after the father was dead. And now, since the father is dead, this property in turn goes to his children. Such property which was inherited, the Bechor and an ordinary son share equally. Similarly, if the father had lent money, and the money was owing to the father but had not been collected, and the father died, and the money was still owing, or the father owned a ship which was carrying some cargo, but the ship had not come into his possession and had not brought the cargo into his possession, was still in the midst of the sea, and the father died. Now, when the debt is repaid after the father died, or when the ship comes in with its cargo after the father died, and now this property accrues to the estate, the Bechor and the ordinary son share equally in the inheritance. If the father died and he left his sons the ownership of a cow, but the cow was not in his possession physically because the cow had been rented out to someone else, or it had been rented, this is a different kind of rental deal, muskeres means that the cow was rented for a specific sum of money as a rental fee, muskeres means that the cow was rented out for a specific fraction of the profits that would come from the work of the cow. In either case, the cow was rented out and was not physically in the possession of the father at the time that he died, or the cow was grazing in the pasture land and physically it was not in the possession of the father when he died, the Yolda and while the cow was not physically in the possession of the father, the cow gave birth to a calf, and then the father died, and the father never had physically taken possession of this calf, it had never come into his 
possession. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, since this is, in fact, the property of the father, and it was born and automatically becomes the property of the father, did not have to be transferred to the father in order for, it to, for him to acquire it. Therefore, even if it was born after the father died, the Bechor does get a double share in this cow and in the calf. If the father who died was a Kohen, and he had a, mak- a Makir, that is a close friend, who always gave to this particular Kohen the gifts that have to be given from an animal that's slaughtered, that is the Zeroya Lochayayim and Keva, the forearm, the lower jaw with the tongue, and the stomach. And after... And the, this person who always gave to this Kohen, the Matnas, slaughtered an animal, the Achakach Meis Aviv, and thereafter this father, the Kohen, died before he actually gave him the Matnas. Nevertheless, since he had already slaughtered them, and since it was his, always his regular custom to give it to this Kohen, Notal Pishnaim the Matnas shall Oisa Behema. In this case, since the sons of the Kohen have inherited the matnas. The Bechor takes a double share. Halochei gitalit. Ein ha-bechor noitl pishnayim. Bishvach sheshofchu nechosim lacha misas oviv. If the property that was inherited from the father increased in value after the father had died, the Bechor does, uh, the Bechor does not receive a double share in the increased amount. He takes a double share of the principal, and since by taking a double share of the principal property, he has automatically taken a double share of the increase also, we estimate how much that increase was worth. He pays the difference to the ordinary son, so that it ends up that he has collected in the increased amount, in the profits, that is, only an ordinary share. But this rule applies only if the property was physically changed by its increase in value. Kegoin, for example, Carmel, if the inheritance consisted of grain that was just stalks without the actual grain kernels on it yet, and then they grew the pods with the husks with the grain in it, the kafni is shenasut marim, or date blossoms that grew into mature dates. Avol shavchu maskmas atzman baloy nishtanu. However, if the property automatically by itself increased in value without any physical change happening to it, kigoyin ilan cotton. For example, that is, it didn't turn into something else. Kigoyin ilan cotton. For example, the inheritance was a small tree, shagodel, and meanwhile, before they divided it, it grew ve'ova and it became thicker and much more valuable. Ve'eret shehel sashilkoyin, or it was a dry land, and the river flooded over and brought fertile mud onto the land and increased the value of the land without actually making any change in the land. In such a case, since this is an automatic increase, the Bechor does receive a double share even of the increase of value. However, if, in any case, if the increase in value was due to the fact 
that they spent money and effort on causing it to increase in value. In such a case, they share the increase equally, and the Bechor does not receive a double share. As we said before, the Bechor does not receive a double share of a debt that was owing to the father and was repaid after the father died. And even though the debt was written in a legal document so that the debt stood ready to be reclaimed at any time, nevertheless, since in fact it was not reclaimed while the father was alive, the Bechor does not receive a double share. And even if the loan was secured by real estate and the sons actually confiscated real estate to pay the debt, to, to, to collect the debt that was owed to their father, and this real estate was mortgaged to the debt even while the father was alive. Nevertheless, since they did not actually collect it until after the father died, the Bechor does not receive a double share. If the father had lent money, not to some stranger, but he had lent money to the Bechor himself, so now when the father died, the Bechor is in possession of the money. It does not have to be collected. He already has possession here. We are in doubt as to what the law is. Does he receive a double share of that loan which now belongs to all the sons? Does he receive a double share because in fact it does not have to be collected? He already has it in his possession. Or perhaps he does not receive a double share. Because in fact it's not his money that he has. It's a debt that he owes to his father and only because of the inheritance of his father can he uh, retain possession of this money. And since it has not come into the actual possession of his father, therefore it's like an ordinary loan, and he cannot collect the double share. And therefore, since we are in doubt as to what the law is, he takes half of the double share of the Bechor. That is, he takes one and a half shares in uh, this debt. And this is unlike the usual case, where we say that money about which there is a doubt the one who wants to take the money from someone else has to bring the proof. Uh, under that rule, we would say that he would keep the full double share since he's in possession. But in this case, we have an exception here, and the double share is split. If a Bechor, before the property was actually divided, while it still belonged to the father's estate, after the father died, if the Bechor sold his double share before the property had been divided, the sale nevertheless takes effect. Because the law is that the Bechor actually owns his extra share even before it was physically divided. Therefore, if, since we say, that the Bechor actually owns his extra share even before the division and he is empowered to sell it. He is empowered also to give it away and therefore if before the final division was made he, actually, he divided with his brothers 
part of the property, either real estate or movable property, and in that part of the property that he divided with them, he failed to claim his double share, and he took only an ordinary share, just like the ordinary sons. We do not say that he reserved his double share in the part of the property that has not been divided, but we assume that Viter Bechol HaNechosim, that he has forgiven his share, he has relinquished his claim to his double share in all of the property, and when the rest of the property is divided, he does not take an extra share in the rest of the property, only an ordinary share like the other brothers. When does this rule apply that if he took an ordinary share in part of the property, he has relinquished his right to the double share in all the property? If he did not protest and say that he demands a double share. However, if when the original division was made, he did serve notice upon his brothers, the Omar and before two witnesses, he declared, These grapes that I am dividing with my brothers, and I am dividing them equally with my brothers, he says, I declare, It's not because I relinquish my share of the extra share of the Bechor, but I'm simply, this is the way I'm dividing it now, and the double share will be owing to me. This is an effective notice that has been served. And he has not relinquished his right to the remainder of the property, a double share. And even if he served notice concerning his double share in grapes, while they were still connected with the ground, that is, before they were harvested, and then the grapes were harvested, and they were divided equally, he has not relinquished his rights to the double share in the other property, because he has already served notice concerning the grapes. And even though he served notice when they were connected, to the ground, and the share, the division was made after they were harvested, his notice is still effective. However, if the grapes were changed into something else entirely, if the grapes were pressed, and then he divided the wine equally with the brothers, he had served notice that, uh, concerning the grapes, and now they're de- turned into wine, and he divides equally the wine with the brothers, and he did not serve notice concerning it, after it had become wine, since he has served no notice concerning what was later divided equally, because the notice that he served was grapes, and what was divided equally was wine, he has relinquished his rights to a double share even in the remainder of the property. To what would we compare this case, where he served notice for grapes and then divided wine? To a case of someone who served notice that he's taking an equal share of grapes without relinquishing his rights to a double share, and then he divided equally with them olives. Since he served no notice before he divided the olives with them, he has given up his 
rights to a double share on everything. So the law will apply to any similar situation. Someone who married his brother's widow uh, when his brother had died childless and he performed Yibum and he married the widow. He inherits all the property of this dead brother, all the property which was actually in the possession of the deceased brother. However, all property which accrued to the dead brother's estate after the brother was dead, and those he shares along with all the other brothers. Because this brother, when he is inheriting heir, the brother who made Yibum is inheriting the property of the dead brother, the Torah calls him a Bechor. Shanema, as the Posek says, in Kitei it will happen that the Bechor to which she will give birth, he will stand uh, to inherit in the name of his dead brother, so that the name of the dead brother shall not be eradicated from the Jewish people. So, we have learned that whatever a Bechor does not stand to inherit a double share of, the brother who made Yibum does not stand to inherit alone from the dead brother's property, but he shares it along with all the other brothers. And just as we have said that he does not stand to inherit alone money, a property that, kind of, that is owing to the estate. He does not take that alone as he would if it were property that were already in possession of the dead brother. So also he does not take the increase uh, of value of the property in which it increased after the brother had died. It, it, between the time that the dead brother died and the time that all the brothers are dividing the property of their father. And even if the property increased in value after he had married the widow, but before the property was divided, nevertheless, even though the increase happened afterwards, nevertheless, he is just like any one of the other brothers in this increase, and he has to share it with them. And even though he takes a double share of this property, his share and the dead brother's share, his share and the share of his brother, the share of the dead brother whose wife he had made Yibam with, since the father died while they were all alive, he takes a double share of the property, but he does not take a double share of the increase in value. We have already stated in Hilchas Shchenim, in chapter 12, that the brother, who is a Bechor, and he takes two shares of the real estate property, he is to be given the two shares adjoining property. That is, even though the property is divided into as many shares as they are, and then the brothers take their respective shares by lot, 
by lottery. Nevertheless, to the Bechor who takes two shares, he's not given two randomly selected shares, but he gets two shares that are adjoining. But a Yavam, one who had performed Yibum, and then the father died, and now he's inheriting his own share and the dead brother's share, he takes his two shares, not necessarily adjoining, but he takes two shares with a goro, with a lot. And uh, therefore, whatever share falls to his share, he takes, and whatever falls to his brother's share, he takes, even if they are widely separated parcels of land. If his lot uh, received two separate places, then he takes it in two separate places and not adjoining. A woman whose husband had died childless and she is required to marry a Yavam and she has not yet done so. And she died. Even if one of the brothers had already made Kiddushin with her, which is not actually a marriage by Torah law, only by rabbinical law. And by Torah law, he has not yet taken possession of the widow. In such a case, her father's family, that is her natural heirs, will inherit the property which she had brought to her original marriage. And it had been brought to the marriage under the conditions that the husband would receive the profits from it so long as the marriage lasted, but that if the marriage were dissolved, either by the death of the brother or by a divorce, she would take the property just as it was. If it increased in value, the increase was hers. If it lost its value, the loss was hers so that it actually remained in her possession except for the profits which accrued to the husband. Therefore, since it always remained in her possession, in this case, since the husband died first and she regained possession of her property and no yibum was in fact performed, therefore when she died, the property reverts to her natural heirs, to her father's family. And concerning other property of hers, property for which the possession had passed to her husband because it was listed in the ksuva with its value and the husband had taken responsibility to restore it to her after the marriage was dissolved. Uh, <clears throat> according to the value that was listed and to make up any loss that was sustained, therefore, since the husband had taken responsibility for it, he is considered partly to have taken possession of it and therefore partly the husband's family is in possession and therefore her natural heirs from her father's family take only half of this property. The Yershe Habal, Yershem Ksuvosa. However, the Ksuva, the, uh, that is to be paid to, to her from the husband's estate, the husband's heirs inherit that. In Barzal, together with the other half of the property for which the husband had taken responsibility. And the heirs of her husband are required to pay her funeral expenses. Since they are inheriting her ksuva. As we have stated in its proper place, in the appropriate place in Hilchas Ishus in chapter 12.